0: Welcome to Fruiting Body Podcast with your host, Brendan. Today, we have a real Thai legend of a guest. This is PJ. Now, PJ is new to, well, working with me. He's doing all my social media, so... Um, We're going to be working him out on the podcast and doing the production as well. So, hey, if you're looking for podcast production, uh, hit him up. He's doing all my fruiting body mushrooms account stuff now. So, it is absolutely killer and awesome. So, you can check him out as well. We'll be talking about some of his side business, um, uh, such as Rome and Nebula. This is definitely from the Lion's Mane. And that's who we are. See how quickly I can recall names of businesses. I honestly, that almost slipped. Um, How do I recall that? I mean... I am not going to just plug my own product, but at least to let you know what we're doing. Fruiting Body, we are Fruiting Body Mushrooms, a medicinal mushroom supplement company on the island of Phuket. We're the only ones doing lion's mane, cordyceps, reishi, already number one in Thailand and growing. We're gonna be international soon as well. I'll put links in the description, giving only these viewers 25% off. You can go check us out on Lazada. We're absolutely killing it. I'm trying not to uh, be too arrogant. I'm just super excited. I did not expect us to launch this fast. So a lot of big things coming. Future collaborations as well. Now, if you're watching this podcast, what is it gonna be? What is it going to be all about? Today we're going to be talking with PJ uh, specifically about his transition from Phuket. To the USA. Now, he went to university over there. So, any Thai people listening to this that are looking to go study in the US uh, will learn a little bit about that process, but more about his lifestyle, that culture, and maybe those differences and some of the things he might have faced um, while going through that. Um, I'm saying I'm way too much. Now, For this podcast as well, we're going to look into the life of a local Thai. What was it like growing up here, uh, specifically in Phuket, going to school, and again, coming back to that process of going to the U.S., coming back and starting his own business at quite a very young age. Now, if you're tired of listening to me ramble, we have timestamps below, so you can navigate this whole podcast on different chapters, and we will label those chapters about this podcast that might interest you, so it's great for navigation purposes um don't forget to like subscribe smash that bell i'm not even going to get this started until you subscribe we're waiting five four all right we're joking all right hopefully you subscribe i don't really know what smash the bell does anyway so i guess it helps in the algorithm we're growing at an exponential rate we have huge guests coming on the podcast so we're hoping you're going to enjoy this i've been talking for way too long so without further ado let's get this podcast started thank you pj for joining yeah, so I we talked a little bit about it, um, right? Before the podcast started, where we really want to tell your life story, and and especially like how you decided to go to the USA um, for university. What brought you back here, and just in general, kind of connecting all the pieces along the way. Because uh, truthfully, even myself, we haven't even had that time to. Uh, uh, Dig deep into each other's personal lives because we're so busy. <laughs> we're doing so much content. Right. So, how about let Let's just take a, a step back. Tell us a little bit about like your childhood. Where did you grow up? Um,
1: and what's your story? So, um, I grew up in Phuket, and my family was, say, middle class. But the thing they value the most, especially my mom and father, is education. So they sent me to the most expensive school in which is British International School, BIS. Um, back in the day, it was called Dalich Dol- International School. Um, when I studied there for a while, until I'm 30 years old, thir- 13 years old, I felt that the, the society of international school is very bubbly, meaning that um, sometimes you don't really know what's going on out there in the real world. So before going to US I went to Singapore for 13 years and then after that I after I went to Singapore I went to USA and why did I choose to go to Singapore is to for the life experience and holy shit it's staying in Phuket going to an international school is way different than having a top education at Singapore and you have to like compete with other people like I felt like I felt like a different person when going to Singapore. I felt like I was in a different class of people. Like in, in Phuket, I feel like, okay, I, I don't need to do much. I, need to, I just need to focus on my education. But in Singapore, I need to compete with people. I need to fight with people. And same as when I go to U.S. So yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty much the reason why I chose to go to Singapore. To for the, that life experience was it like another international school in Singapore? No, it was a government school. Okay, and how how were you able to get in uh, being Thai? So as a Thai, you like anybody could get into a Singapore government school as long as they pass a test where where they where they give you a test and then you have to test it out and you have to like do the test and if you are qualified for it, they they they'll send you to a government school, which I did and I, I went uh, and I went to all guy school and. If you're in a government school, there's like levels, right? You um from secondary you have to compete with other people to get into the best uh, junior colleges, you have to compete with people to get into the best polytechnics, and from there you have to compete again to get into the best uh, university, which which essentially will give you a better job. So that's I I compete the whole ladder of Singapore society, like the most competitive. Um, education system in the world, I would say, but I, I haven't tried China yet, but Singapore is like the most competitive english speaking um, education in the world so yeah i've heard that story from multiple people and <laughs> especially kids
0: uh, we had a a kid on on the podcast right. that first studied in Singapore and then came here, and he's like the education here at the international schools is nothing compared to Singapore um, to step back now. You were, you, when did you start going to BIS? At
1: which age was there a... Kindergarten.
0: Kinder, so in terms of language, there was no language barrier. You're, kind of, you're able to learn quite, pretty quickly.
1: English is apparently my first language.
0: At this point now. Yeah, at
1: this point now. But I'm, my Thai is not that good. And the reason why I, th- I have this accent is because I was brought... I was bought, I, I, I bought in Thailand. I was bought up in Thailand. And then I, my parents didn't speak. English so my English is like very weird like this weird accent <laughs> and then I live in Singapore and then I pick up Singlish and then I went to America and I pick up American English so 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 you, you went to Singapore after
0: the age of 13 yes. after BIS yes and you pretty much stayed there I guess for another seven eight
1: years until for, the, for like until I
0: was like 21 and then then going to the US and university yes, for three years even going to a Singapore government school I mean let's talk about cost of living in thailand compared to singapore it's day and night it's completely different i mean taxi drivers in singapore make 150,000 baht a month otherwise you can't survive right that transition from um and maybe you were too young to realize it how was that funded i mean being able to now live in singapore full-time were you
1: living at the school boarding how did that work i my parents sent me and then gave me an allowance and then we had a like they call guardians like caretakers so i live with like so another family and they um with my allowance i i was able to get by but i had to scrape by but they they provided food for me but if i want to eat at a nice restaurant i have to save up if i have to like take a girl on a date go watch a movie with a girl i have to save up yeah so so you were you're living at a home, someone was kinda of watching you and, yeah, and yeah, helping it's, you go to it's, school. It's not that hard. It's yeah. the, but the hard part was the education system. Yeah. Yeah. It's I lived in China as well and
0: I, I saw the education system. I would see the Chinese schools even from my my balcony. It's basically military style, very um, drilling you on math in terms of repetition, repetition. I mean, a lot of these systems, the level of education they're learning at math. Let's say in grade three, they're teaching algebra. In North America, we don't learn algebra till like grade seven. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's seriously next level. How was that that transition as well? Living in in Singapore, did you notice? Was it difficult in terms of you know different lifestyle, culture,
1: food? Yeah, the like I guess the biggest shock factor was the how they treat like kids. I I don't know like because when I'm in Thailand, under thirteen year old, they they still treat me nice when I go and buy stuff when I go and like talk to people they still treat me like as a as a kid you know like like nicely but at singapore they treat me like pretty rough like, okay now but we're going to i'm going to dig a bit deeper into right, what he right. means
0: by that so let's get some specific stories and examples now right. before we do that i just want to do a quick shout out to our sponsor of this podcast uh, we're being sponsored by five star Marine. They're basically allowing us to help pay for the production and continue to give episodes like this about Phuket lifestyle and Thailand lifestyle week by week. So huge shout out to five star Marine. Um, you can find them on, on Instagram at five star Marine Phuket. We will leave links in the description, but if you really want to know who they are and what they're about, they're the only speed boat tour doing private VIP chartered speedboats and basically what they're able to do is you choose your plan your package they take you out with the captain but you're not going to be crammed in like a sardine on this type of speedboat you have a little bit more control over your trip and that's interesting because it at least now you're able to do maybe some pre-planning and talk to Sean standing over at five star and the captains and make your own decision on where you want to go. Um, so again, check that out link in the description, five star Marine Phuket and go give them a shout out. If you support them, that's supporting us. So again, much appreciated. Thank you. Five star Marine. Now back to the podcast. Let's ask uh, a more, uh, you know, actual story of, of, something in singapore of of what you were saying where they treat
1: you rough can you give us an example right so um i can't really pinpoint to a certain story but it's just like the whole vibe you know the whole vibe like everyone's a dick to you and even though you're a kid like i feel i feel that people because i was 14 and i i i didn't feel entitled but i felt like oh okay like at least okay don't lie to a kid and don't like take money away from like i've been to i've seen parents who like straight up would lie to me and straight up would sheet money with me like they would they would like um i gave them five bucks and then they're supposed to give me back like two bucks but they they didn't give me back two bucks because they're just like two bucks oh like they took advantage of me being a kid Mm -hmm. you know which is rare in even in thai society and pretty rare in I guess American society too. Yeah, like taking advantage of people who are younger than you you in terms of like, yeah.
0: But do you think that was happening to all kids there? Everybody. So it's not just the fact that you're you're studying, you're from Thailand. No, no,
1: it it was not because I was Thailand, but it was because I was Thai. It, It was because like it's their culture there. And that's why kids are like teenagers, adolescents are pretty dick to adults. They don't respect elders at all there. Yeah, like you you see in Asian society, especially in Thai, we respect the elders, but not in Singapore. Like really, you, you barely respect people. Like you you don't respect elders in Singapore, at, at least when, what I experienced. So that's, that's
0: interesting. I I've, that's the first time I
1: I've ever in heard China heard you them. respect elders, right? For sure. Yeah. In China, yes. Yeah. In Singapore, you just like whatever this auntie, this this uncle, don't care, don't care, don't care about her. Stupid uncle, stupid uncle, all the time.
0: I wonder if maybe because it's such a melting pot of cultures, you got Malays, Chinese, uh, you have, and then many, many uh, um, uh, uh, types of Chinese. You have the Hokkien's, the actual Putenhuas, um uh, and then Indian as well. I wonder if that because of that mix, that's why.
1: I, I think because it's pretty new country and it's only like fifty, sixty years, and it hasn't like there's there's no like defined culture in in Singapore yet, and even Thailand, right? Thailand used to be used to be have a lot we have used to have a lot of cultures but now we we don't even talk about like different race in Thailand like okay you know are you from, you're, you're from Canada right is there a race in Canada I th- i'll just fix one thing uh, before we jump right
0: back right. into that uh, it's okay keep filming uh, see the mic just right. push it down a bit right looks better for reels there we go okay okay um yeah are there different Um, rate like you mean like ethnicities. Yes. In Canada, yeah, it's a pretty big melting pot. It's it's
1: everything. Actually, every country is a big melting pot, even in Thailand. But the reason why Singapore is so sensitive about culture is because they're just a new country and they literally don't know how to deal with a lot of different ethnic city mixing together. And I think they're dealing with it very poorly. So because every ID card has a race. You know, so if you're Malay you identify as malay your chinese you identify as chinese you're indian you identify as indian but in thai we got rid of that shit long time ago even though like even though like 50 100 years ago there could be like a melting pot of every race like, we have chinese type have indian thai we have like thai thai local thais long
0: myanmar yeah
1: yeah yeah we we got rid of that like they they foresee that and then now when I go to Singapore, right, they always ask me, um, are you Thai Chinese? Are you Thai Thai? I'm like, no, I'm Thai. Like, Thai people don't have race. Mm. Yeah, so I think, and and in Thailand, there's, like, no such thing as... That's why I think in Thailand, there's... We barely hear racism in Thailand. But, like, if you call someone black, like, it's not it's as an insult. It's more like an observation. Whereas, like, if I go to America and I call someone black it could they could take it as an insult do you know what i mean yeah yeah but in thailand when when you say okay this guy is black uh, uh, the black guy it means that oh I'm, I'm describing you yeah so so i think that's that's why america i don't know about canada that's why america and singapore is lacking behind in terms of like race do you think this has gotcha. a lot
0: to do with, like, the religion in Thailand and the fact that it is heavily influenced by Buddhism and, and that mindset of the Buddhists is everything's kind of just in the presence, peace of mind. Um, you guys aren't really looking to the future nor the past. So these small, these subtle nuances of, you know, again, the black guy, you're not coming off as racist. You're just—it's an observation. You're trying to yeah. define, you know, explain what you saw or I who think, that is.
1: I think it plays a part a bit, but also common sense plays a big part too. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I've, I remember going to England, and I can like England doesn't all, also doesn't have this issue, but only in Singapore and America they have this issue specifically because I think they try to they try to put. Um, Uh, a pen on the race too much like in america you want to go to university why why do i have to fill up what race i am i don't even know what race i am i'm thai is that a race but in america they 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 want you to feel like you're black you're asian you're white whatever but in thailand there's no such thing as
0: race this will not be on any type of government documentation
1: yeah okay let's
0: let's jump into that transition now going to the u.s you're at the government school in Singapore, which means you're competing to be able to I'm assuming to pass some sort of right, SAT right, right. to, uh, to um, It's
1: called o How how stressful was that process? It's the most stressful period in my life. I, I never like I never like cried because of a test. I never like being stressed because of a test. And it felt like life defining, meaning that if you fucked up this test, you could it's a difference between getting a becoming a millionaire versus like working at a junkyard for your whole life I, I, it really felt like that like the emphasis on this test called O level in singapore was so insane i it's like your life depends on it but as as i already passed it i know it doesn't depend on it but when when you're a kid you, you felt like your whole life will depend on this test and the outcome of this test would determine how you succeed in life Does it determine which school you go to? Yes, it it gets you the points, gets you to the best colleges, and from best colleges will get you to the best university in Singapore, and then it would, and best university means a great job, but as you know, it doesn't mean shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, well, at least today with YouTube, you can you can watch this podcast and learn everything you need to know. Yeah, I know. But how, um, when you make, how did you decide? Okay, with that those test results, you wanted to go to
1: USA. Um, because I, I just wanted to experience. I think I, I watched some videos. Because after the test, I, after the test, I actually went to a polytechnic to become a aircraft maintenance, and then I I fell in love with maintenance aircraft. So if you if you have a, a plane you want to fix, you can. Okay, <laughs> I literally have a license to do so: airframe and power plant license, and, um, and then I researched the best schools. To go to become a, a aircraft technician, which was Embry Riddle University, which is a Harvard of the skies. So my school, I can. It's the best school in the world to to go as a pilot, as a aerospace engineer, and a aircraft technician, and it's called Embry Riddle University in Florida. In Florida, yeah, and it has like I think over a hundred planes, and they fix on time. It's not. Like, they fix on hand. You, you learn everything by hand. I, I really want to go to that school. It's not it's not because I chose the country. It's more because I chose the school, which landed me in Florida. Yeah. And w- how old were you when you went there? 21? 21. Tw- uh, 21. And is it a two-year degree, four-year it's degree? A, it's a four-year degree, But since I already have some experience in maintenance, I... That's why that's why I got to three years. So I went there for only three years. Okay,
0: yeah. so your experience was from the polytech in Singapore. the from,
1: from polytechnic now, in Singapore. Yeah.
0: You're here doing social media. You were not fixing planes. So what happened? COVID. <laughs> okay.
1: So so when, when I was in, um, so when I was in Florida, my last year, I, I wanted to make money so that I can I can, uh, take take my girlfriend back 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 in the day to go. Um, to go adventure in America. So I came across drop chipping. So I made, so do, I made do, a lot. Do you want, to, want me to get some water? Oh, uh, no, no problem. Okay. okay. Yeah.
0: So I continue. Well, I'll have a sip. All
1: right. <laughs> so after I run ads on social media, I, I learned drop chipping. I made a lot of money. I, I thought when, when you see the drop chipping ads, I thought it was a scam at first. Like, I, I probably, like, it's, it's too good to be true. Like, you see these guys in Bugatti's and Lamborghinis, and then, like, try to. You, have you seen those guys? Yeah.
0: whatever. The Andrew Tate School of Hard Knocks, whatever.
1: No, not Andrew Tate. Just like, back then, there was no Andrew Tate, but it was like more like just young people, young millionaires with their Lambos and stuff. Drop shipping Amazon. No, drop shipping, like buying stuff from China and selling it to people in America. Like, through what platform? Shopify. Shop, oh, just oh, so you
0: made your own website, I guess? Yeah, I made my own okay, website. Okay, sorry, I'm interrupting on that. Continue with that story. Yeah,
1: I made my own website and then just run Facebook ads. And then I saw like, holy shit, this is getting me a lot of money. And then I actually wanted to start a business because I, I saw, you know, Gary V? Yep. Yeah. He, I, he inspired me a lot. And there's one video, very short video. He said that if you wanted a business... The best way, the best way to start a business, the best time to start a business is when you just graduate, because that's when if you fucked up, if you don't have any money left, you still have like all these plenty years. You don't have a kid yet, you don't have a wife yet, you don't like what can go wrong. And I think I think to myself, okay, uh, I'm in America. I already have a license, so if I my business fucked up, I could go back and do plane maintenance right so that's why that's why i chose to okay let's all in on my business actually i wanted a startup i mean a startup means that i want to create some kind of application with my friend my my co-founder is actually a a uh software engineer he's, he's a developer so he, he knows how to do programming and stuff so so i partnered with him and i convinced him that the best time to start a business to start a Startup is at this age because we don't have a wife yet, we don't have kids yet. We if we fail, like what's the worst thing that we can happen? We just, nothing. Yeah, so we decided to go all in and started a company. And now uh,
0: th- this is your drop shipping. You're building a website for Shopify. Um, you're, we're we're specifically for this. Yeah. H- how I I won't go too in depth right. because uh I'm I'm quite experienced on the on the Shopify right. stuff and and drop shipping and. I mean, the whole how to put that together. I'm sure that could be its own podcast. Yeah. But let's uh, on the very like surface of it all. How did you determine what products you were going to bring in? Uh, what was your process behind that?
1: You mean choosing products? Choos- choosing products and, and yeah, we'll focus on that part. Right. That. I there's there's many ways to sh- see. It's called winning product, right? There's many ways to find a winning product. So. Research is key. So how I research is normally I look at YouTube videos, like and there's some and there's some tools where you can scrape the internet on what are the top selling tool right now. And once you have a good product, you think you can sell. You gotta look at the the you gotta think about marketing straight away. Inst- before buying it, you gotta think about how do I market this product. If you if you s- find a good product but you don't know how to market it, it um on Facebook ads then it's bad. So for me. The way I choose my product is a good product, good margins, uh, shipping costs. I think I can sell at this price, pri- this price, this price, this price, and then I look. I look at okay, if I is there any videos that previously that other people did that managed to get this product sold? If they are, then that's a winning product. And I bought like um, twenty, a dozen of a product to test it out. And if it's even break even or like have a good return on investment, good ROI, um, I would. Continue to scale it, like, bit by bit, bit by bit. Was this, what was
0: your shop, like, were you doing a brand? Were you doing one product? Like, what was the vision of the store?
1: Um, like, it, it was, like, one product, one life cycle, then new website. Okay. So, we didn't even focus on the branding. We just focused on the, like, the life cycle of the product. Got it. And what What was the first product? Um, I think it was uh, uh, Instant... Um, backflow burner. I, I don't know it's a backflow incense burner so you put it here and then instead of the smoke going up the smoke will go down okay and then you just create a
0: Shopify store just for that product yeah very targeted you're doing yeah. landing pages ads and just trying yeah. to sell this and was was there any like um like barrier to entry uh so we said we wouldn't go in depth and then my right, business right. mind sh- turns on <laughs> so Was there any barrier to entry because you are selling off like a new uh, website, maybe no reviews and, you know, people, when they come to Shopify, now they got to put in their credit card information instead of Amazon, which is so simple.
1: I was worried about this initially, but then for the reviews, there are like, you can, you can like extract reviews from um, other websites. So like websites that are selling your product, you could, I have a pro, I had a program that like, um, took the review from some other way because we are selling the same product. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's the thing when you own
0: your own Shopify store, yeah. I mean, you can create your own reviews on there if you technically want. It's not, it's much yeah. different than actual platforms like Lazada, Zada, where we have 58 natural reviews. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I mean, yeah. if you're doing Shopify, it can be uh, uh, modified and same with Amazon cannot be modified. Okay. Oh. There's ways to game the and, system. And we but...
1: took, and we took reviews from AliExpress. Like, uh, okay. man, they, it's it's completely fine because everything on review on AliExpress is going to be like, it's going to be how the customer, like, they're going to get the same thing. Right. So yeah, it's so still, it's d- still legit. It's
0: manipulated, but this is how people are doing the dropshipping. Yes, yes. Did you take a dropshipping course
1: or did you kind of just go into it? I took, uh, I bought a dropshipping course, but I I think um, the dropshipping course, the hardest is the, for me, is the ads, Facebook ads. Yeah cuz Cause, cause, uh that's why I, I I found a drop shipping course that the guy went so deep down into Facebook ads and eventually it's it's more like a Facebook course not a drop shipping course cuz drop ship what is drop shipping just create a website okay i don't know how to do that shop, facebook, yeah shop. facebook ads okay so
0: fa- facebook ads and yeah that's what we're going to be doing together yeah. personally i'm f- i'm well versed on the tech side I can build websites. I can manage social media. I even do old school SEO. I understand analytics. I'm probably one of the, not to toot my own horn, maybe the top person I know in Excel. There's, I've never met someone that can even come close. <laughs> Facebook ads. Fuck me. That back end is a mess. It's so confusing to me with the campaigns and categories and organization. Um, when you went through that, that program, what
1: was your big takeaway? Um, The big takeaway, like, big takeaway to, like, to, like, learn Facebook ads or big takeaway to run good Facebook ads? To run good Facebook ads. For Facebook ads, it has to feel organic. It means that your Facebook ads, like, does not, has, like, cannot feel like an ad. It has to be something like what your friends would post. What would your friends post to get interested, you interested. So every time I did a Facebook ads... I would always think that if I post this on my own personal social media, would my friend comment on it? Would my friend help me share this? Would my friend find it interesting? And if it, uh, and if, if it's like, okay, ticks all the boxes, then it's a good Facebook ads and we can test it out um, with, with real money. But if it suddenly looks like a ad you could see on a magazine or a poster or, or on uh, some billboard, then it's a bad Facebook ads. Because... What Facebook wants you to do, like, when, when Facebook started, right, it does not want ads on the Facebook, on, on the on the social media. Like, Mark Suckpert literally said that we don't run ads, not now, but then suddenly it runs ads. Um, so the better-performing ads are the ones that cannot feel like an ad. It has to feel organic. It has to feel, oh, that's part of what you followed and who you followed and not, like, something like, oh, ad, and then swipe away oh this is an ad it has to feel like uh it go with the flow oh. okay okay well oh. i think
0: with the whole like yeah. customer lookalike and profiling stuff i think i sent you one today lead in force yes, yes, i'm yes, gonna yes. look at it later interesting how to find like uh, other instagram um, competitors and start to build these customer look lookalikes we're doing our facebook ads shortly they'll be uh coming out soon so you can let us know if they feel like ads or not
1: yeah it's it's like youtube like youtube ads are annoying like why why, why you're annoying with youtube because it feels like an ad it feels like it's interrupting you mm. facebook ads are not supposed to feel like it interrupts you it's supposed to feel like oh it's part of who you follow it's part of your social media feed yeah yeah m- much
0: much more organic as well and um yeah. i had a call with a, a girl that was on this podcast right. her name is fight nomad julia she's gonna um, start uh, being our first influencer, I think almost 300,000 followers. Um, some cool content. We'll talk about that after the podcast. Right. Um, instead of this all being about Facebook and making money on Shopify, let's jump back to the life story. Can let walk us through, you know, you're, you're, you're going to university to be a, um, to work on maintenance for airlines or yeah, airplanes, airplanes and whatnot. Yeah. Now COVID hits. Yeah. If, People are probably asking, wait, what about that part of the story? COVID <laughs> hits and what happened there? Like as in terms of COVID hits and now
1: you are doing social media. What, what happened? Because uh, when COVID hits, I, I guess before like end of, end of education, I was like already on the fence of like, oh, should I start my own business or should I become a maintenance? And then when COVID hits, I saw it as a sign.
0: to like there's no airplanes flying during COVID there's no planes to do maintenance there's
1: there's no airplanes and then uh, I could still get a job I I was actually offered like a few jobs in in America like pay pretty good too but but I see no growth in those jobs and then I took it as a sign to come back to Thailand and like to try my own ventures and to have my own business and that's why I created Nebula because I see like, uh, actually I see the potential of Thai people. And when, when you are, yeah, because in Phuket, if you want to get a job like editing job or like a digital marketing job, you have to find a job in Bangkok. There's there's hardly any company that does something like what we do in Phuket. And that's how I was able to recruit like 11 people right now. We, we have 11 people in our company right now.
0: How did you... um? How did you actually start? I mean, from from this idea to what it is today, was it just yourself with a camera, uh, trying to find um, clients by asking around the island? People would be interested day one when you're looking to start Nebula. Right, right, what right, right. was that process?
1: Uh, first, like, don't think too much. <laughs> I think I think you also get this because, as obviously, you're a businessman. Like, don't think too much at all, and. Um, find something find a service that you can offer people so initially we offer website building and we still do but we um, do what website building on wordpress and then we offer a unique angle like what's the difference between our website building versus others and we try to sell on that point and try to explain the problems that people would come across in website building to my clients and then we explain how we're going to solve it it's just word by word and then like when, when one guy, know and then we, we always put in 100%. Like the first client maybe doesn't get you the bucks, but it gets you the word of mouth. What, what problems? What was that unique selling point of how you can build websites on WordPress oh, okay. different? Um, because we responsive website, like our websites uh, could, could work on mobile and tablet and, and we offer like design first, build later, meaning, meaning that you can literally see your design and you can fix your design like how much you want. And how many times you want. Like you can change. Like one day you could be like, oh, I want green. And then the next day you change your mind. You wake up and you say you want red. And we don't mind fixing it for you. On the design side or the website? On side. the design side. And
0: then way before you do the integration.
1: Yeah, way. way. Be, and then after that, once you're happy with the design, we can do the website building. Mm. So yeah, that's that's how we deal with a lot of clients. And Thai clients love that. Because Thai clients, like they're quite picky on, like they change their mind a lot. And they, like, we, we just did it for clients and then we hired desi- more designers to help us design website and then suddenly like some clients want us to run like some digital marketing campaign which I had I have experience in running Facebook ads and Google ads and that's why we were able to onboard like more and more clients and then um, we, we, we recently hired like a photographer and like social media manager to do like to, so, because like some clients want website and then they start asking hey, do you also do social media and then you know yeah it just keeps
0: continues to snowball from there um so you could just get started now was it just yourself
1: was it your business partner i believe your sister's with you as well yes it, it was no my sister came later actually it was me and my business partner and then i started myself and then i just hired one designer and then after that i just continued to hire every every like three months i hire one guy more to help improve on this side Hire a guy more and then like like hire a cameraman hire a photographer so like how,
0: how quickly did that scale from yourself to 11 how long from did that take two years two years two years and when did you start this about 26 27 20 i think
1: 24 i'm 26 right now so, okay so wow. like 24 so. yeah so
0: people again people and you know listening don't think just go for it
1: yeah i i think i think i for me i could start fast because like i didn't actually get paid i don't pay myself initially because i I want the business to grow as fast as possible i i I think you understand that's what i'm doing now
0: (laughs) this podcast pays nothing (laughs) yeah (laughs) we're killing it with the product i don't touch a dime everything goes back into marketing ads and inventory that is it So
1: i had the same exact mindset as you because i know that i could live in my home comfortably i don't even pay rent because because like i I live in my grandma and then I could live comfortably without like spending a lot of money, so I just put everything back into business. Even though like sometimes when I look at the balance sheet, I'm I'm supposed to get a salary, but I was like maybe I take the salary to hire hire another guy. I'm obsessed with growth. That's mm-hmm. why I, like we like we grow so fast. Yeah. Yeah, I'm,
0: I just kind of took this from Mr. Beast's mentality. That's he doesn't make anything. Oh,
1: he, okay.
0: I I saw how he grew and understood it. Actually, his main channel loses money. Right but all the other channels make money on ad revenue because he's done... Basically, the way Mr. Beast grew is he would start with $10,000, and if he had that, that's how much money went to the set, the video. From that 10, the next video, he'd make 20. He put 20, and he just doubled it up, doubled it up. And over the only over the past three years, that's how he's been able... Some videos cost $5 million. because he just kept doubling up. He's like, every penny I make out of this, I'm going to dump it in there. And I, I get that. It's kind of like... The cash flow is the lifeblood of a business, and if you pay yourself, you're just taking blood out of the business. And if you want to scale quick, just try to live, you know,
1: by by you know lesser means. Actually, there's one more tip to scale quick that's very look un- get look under the radar is like your first client, your first two or three clients don't like don't don't have a mindset of only thinking about money. Like, okay, he's only paying me that much. Like for me, for every client that I have, I always give a hundred percent. I don't, my company does not even run any ads and we are like a, like social media ad marketing campaign because we know like the most powerful, um, advertisement is word of mouth because if if we put in a hundred percent work on our client and make them feel happy, satisfied, for sure they're going to have friends, for sure they're going to recommend us to other people. Like, like we, we will always put our best and from doing that alone, we save so much money on trying to advertise ourselves.
0: I think for social media, website development, SEO, um, any of the technical marketing side, ad campaigns, um, I have a lot of people reach out to me. And every time, even myself, when I'm looking for, when I found you, I never went, I don't type it in Google. I ask people. Because when this stuff is so technical, that you want someone to refer you someone else. Even uh, my, my my friend, uh, he's like, hey, do you know any social media people? I'm like, sorry, we're out of breath. And we have a guest dog <laughs> on the podcast. This is Piggy, It's the little house dog. She's blind as hell. Um, we, uh, Carrie Express was here. We had to deliver some packages for the, I think, Lion's Mane. Uh, we're going to kick it back uh, to PJ. Now he's explaining when he's um, working with new clients how he he. he Creates that network, finds more clients, and why he's given 100%. So we'll start back from there.
1: All right, so, so like people, when they start, right, they, the thing they're most afraid of is the marketing. And meaning that they are like, oh, do I have to run ads? Do I have to run Facebook ads? Do I have to run social media on any business? I would recommend just like, fi- like if you have three clients, just ask them for a referral, like 100%. Do 100% for them, ask them for referrals, and it will grow. And But but then if you like need more clients to come in, then you can maybe think about running Facebook ads. But to start, like to get the initial clients, just ask for referrals. That's my secret sauce, and a lot, that's how it used to be in the olden days, right? So I think I managed to do that well, and people don't even think about it. Because people already only think about social media ads and all this stuff.
0: What yeah. What does your family uh, think about now that you're you're in the social media game and kind of left the aerospace maintenance game?
1: They initially disowned me, <laughs> 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 because because uh, cause, cause I think my mom, especially my mom, she. Oh, I think you got to cut back. There we go. Uh, like I think they disowned me because. Uh, Especially my mom, she's like the typical Asian mom that wants her son to have a good career, a blue collar, a uh, white collar,
0: white doctor, co- lawyer. Yeah,
1: white collar career, doctor, lawyer, airplane maintenance. I kind of lied to her that I like it's uh, engineering, so I guess I got away with that. But, but now when she saw me starting a business, and she saw me like doing some like shenanigans with social media. Um, she. She didn't take it lightly initially. Like she, 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 she really wanted me to get a job, cause, cause, I think it's in her vision that, I think she imagined and her her dream. She wanted me to like have a successful job, like wear a suit and tie, and then like shake hands with everybody. I think that's a vision of me. That's that. That's who she wanted me to be, but then, um, we. And then the worst part is, all right, it took her time to accept the reality, like for one or two years. And then the next thing is, I bought my sister in. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> so once so, she's in, she can't say anything now. Uh, no, no, no. Like, cause, cause, like, for her, it's like, okay, now she's destroyed it. Now my, my, my vision of her is destroyed. And now I'm bringing my sister in, who she wants my sister to be a financial person. Because my f- my sister um had a degree, uh went to university in Taiwan and had a financial degree. And she wanted my sister to be a banker or like a final inv- financial investment person. And then I, c- I brought her to be a digital marketing person. And then my mom was like raging. <laughs> and so th- there was like a moment in time where our, our relationship was not so good. But eventually she, a lot of her friends started to recognize me and like a lot of clients start to talk well about me and then she she heard and then now now we're like we're cool yeah but yeah yeah i I guess it
0: it, she has a certain vision of what she wanted you to be yeah exactly and watching you go through like you know that that system to even get to the point where where you were as well um now it's okay she accepts what you're doing it's no problem
1: Cause yeah, cause, cause actually, social media is not actually my end goal. my My end goal is actually to have a to have a, a startup, a business. But social media is like my passion. I I like doing Facebook ads. Like people in my company love doing like video editing and all these stuff. Startup, um, doing product or services. What do you see y- yourself doing as a startup? Actually, one startup is still in uh, we're in like. A phrase where we need to raise money. So that's NDA. <laughs> NDA. So you're not not the crypto stuff outside of that. No, as no, well. no. It's it's just a. It's it's like we're just asking for investment and money, and and that's for now. It's classified. But, but are you? Uh, will it be product or service? Uh, it's uh It's like. A service, a web application. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh, I got gotcha. you. It's not. It's. I don't know how to call it. It's a. Yeah. Basically, a web application where people can come in and. Is it anything for piggy uh, here? No, no, no. <laughs> it's not a. It's not a product. So yeah. No dog. Maybe dog
0: sitting. That's. there do you offer that service? <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. Um. We we wanted to keep this short and sweet. This is the first. Oh, she's done. She's asleep. Uh. Definitely, PJ will be back on. This is our first time testing with this production. You can let us know in the comments what you think, if you notice any different in production. Uh, If you want to keep seeing Piggy on the podcast, or we just rename it to Piggy's Podcast, or Dogcast. Is anyone doing anything called Dogcast? It's like a podcast for dogs. Um, Mm -hmm. Let us know uh, in the comments. I'm sure, honestly, I think we could talk for hours about... Uh, drop shipping, SEO ads, all that fun stuff. I think we're about to do some big uh, launch and ad campaigns as well on Instagram and uh, Facebook. So you look out for all that stuff and we'll probably maybe do a follow up on um, uh, the success of those campaigns and what goes right and what goes wrong. Cause a lot of this stuff, as you know, you just got to throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Probably like the, if you shoot 10 ads and, and, and and push them all. The one you think is going to work doesn't, and the one that you don't think is going to work does. So um, A B testing, yeah, yeah. And also, we'll, you will probably see more about your side business with Rome and the tourism and what's going on there. We're going to yeah. talk all, all about that. What why don't I? I'm going to kick the ca- this this camera. Yeah, I'll kick this camera back. To you and just we'll end on that note let everyone know where they can find you if they're looking for this um uh, digital marketing social media um type of service that you offer and just give a quick snippet of what's to
1: come for rome okay uh uh that camera right <laughs> so you can find me at nebula.co.th. Or it's better if you look right into right. it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So you can find me at nebula.co.th. What we do is digital marketing. You can we have a free hour consulting to see if you're a good fit to our company or not. Cause normally like I know clients want customer, but sometimes each depending on the client, they're not a good fit to our company and um, because what we do and our nature. So um yeah, so feel free to have a one one hour of consulting with our company and also from my side, I have an, another business, which is my um, Rome Phuket business, which I want to. I, I see a lot of people, um, Farang, people who come to visit Phuket that like like their experience is ruined by like maybe they got scammed with taxi. They got scammed with tour tour. They got their whole experience of Phuket is ruined. And they, they, they left Phuket with a bad image on their mind. So I want to fix that with Rome Phuket I want to bring the best of Phuket to people who want to come to Phuket and visit Phuket by selling tours and giving honest reviews and honest do honest blogs. And then maybe caution them of the scams in Thailand with my blogs. And then like how, how Thai people normally scam people. I I really want to do that because um, I've seen a lot of my friends who got scammed in Thailand and then they just hated Phuket like, but, but Phuket is my hometown. I want to fix that image of my hometown. So that's a project that I'll be working on.
0: Yeah, And it's not just the scams aren't just against Farang. And Thais, get, Thais are getting scammed as well. Yeah. Whether it's taxis or uh, jet, jets, jet, jet skis, skis. this happens jet ski. a lot. Yeah. It's all the, and if you're very green to Asia, um, especially if it's your first time here, you, you need to keep your radar up. Um, they can tell when you just landed here. Yeah. they know exactly this guy's never even not only been to thailand he's probably never been to asia um yeah. so yeah that that's definitely interesting to take on okay um that wraps up another episode we're hoping that you subscribed and like if you don't subscribe and like piggy's not eating tonight so you better go do that right now otherwise i'm not going to feed her and walk her isn't that right what do you think she's half asleep here let's give her a belly rub okay. yeah okay that wraps it up and we are out thank you